long shot. Please give it up for your host, Amber Kenny. Hello, welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. <laughs> we are doing a like a hosting off, an unhosting off. Anyway, you're doing a great job. Thank you, thank you. I'm definitely not hosting. Um, with me tonight is my co-host Sean Conroy. Thank you for having me, Amber. Can't <laughs> wait to hear what you have in store for us. I have a very detailed plan and agenda, and yeah. I'm excited to get through it. No, I was I was out of town last week, so you had to record without me. So um, I'm sure we have a lot to catch up on. Yes. Well, so hil- hilariously, I'll just tell you that I did record without you. And in my head, I was like, oh, this will be like a 15 minute episode and it was i think like 45 minutes no way yeah yeah and that really made me laugh and then uh uh uh, and we we can talk about this more later but i did the moth during the week and that was only two minutes well it's like it's like five (laughs) minutes you know they, they they put a time limit on it and like they go at five minutes you'll get this sound and it's the saddest flute sound it's like well, they don't want to like startle you. And then, and then they go at six minutes, you'll get another. And then the second time it's even worse. It's like. <laughs> so, so I was, so I was like, and I, of course, you know, and, and people, I don't know. Have you ever been to the moth? Have you ever? I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So people take it really seriously. Mm. Like a lot of the people that go up at the moth have worked so hard to craft their stories and craft every word. And, you know, the end of the story is always like, and that rainbow let right. me know that it, I was every color of the world. Right. Or whatever. The, and like the first sentence of the story, it like, it's in, like yeah, yeah. or it's like inverted, like right. very and clever. So, and so I, yeah. And so I, and, and, and the first guy who went up was exactly like that. He was mm. like, Pink Floyd has a song that says blah, 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 blah. And then it was all about him taking drugs and then his wife giving birth. And like, and that's why Pink Floyd says, oh, God. wish you were here and it's all just another brick in the wall or whatever. It wasn't those. Right. Songs, but it was, you know, like, those are just, those are just the only ones I know. But uh, it was dogs of war. Uh, but, but so I, I, of course was like, oh, I can just go up and talk off the top of my head with this mm-hmm. one little fragment Nuggets. of an idea yeah and and i knew like I, and you were setting up just like the setting and they're like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like I, I knew as soon as i got up there i was like oh no this is bad this is really bad. <laughs> i've made a huge mistake <laughs> and it was packed like it was a huge crowd they were where was crowd. it they're, they're, they're always a great crowd for that show uh it was at a place called <laughs> which is hilarious it was called Jam in the Van or something like that out in like Culver City. Oh, whoa. And it had no relation to Jamie. No relation to Jamie. That's <laughs> wild, uh, right? In fact, like... a rival to Jamie would be the only relationship they have. <laughs> um, so, uh, and it was, it, was a, it was a weird, but I guess kind of a cool place where I think it's like a music venue. And so mm-hmm. there's a bar inside with a stage. And then the show itself was actually outside in the back, which maybe used to be a parking lot, but now they have 
that's kind of cool for covid yeah right of it all um and and they <laughs> i went inside at one point to use the restroom and i saw behind the bar a bunch of things about the size of like a like a five gallon gas tank you would use to fill your your gas tank you know what i mean okay. like those red things yeah 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 and they were red and i was like oh and I used to go to a sports bar here in Hollywood where you could rent because there were so many TVs all over the room, all showing different sporting events. You could rent your own speaker and have Mm -hmm. a speaker at your table that you could tune to whichever TV you wanted to watch in whatever part of the room. Oh, wow. So it was kind of cool. So I saw these things and I was like, I wonder, this is weird because it's a music club. I don't know why they would have speakers for you to rent but it's right. clearly something because they were they were there was literally 20 of them stacked oh, right wow. behind the bar and it turned out that they were space heaters you could rent because apparently it gets too cool out in, the, oh. out in the parking lot uh but anyway i got up and i started talking and as soon as i started i was like this is a fucking disaster this is not and so of course i was like so anyway, that was how I woke up that morning. And then it was like, yeah, <laughs> it was like, I just went up. Oh, I guess I should have timed this out better. And that was it. And they and, give you scores. Is the and problem. Pink Floyd guy was like, yeah, I guess you better should have. Right. right, right. <laughs> he was like, I worked on this for two years. You <laughs> thought you could just get up and, you know, uh, and they score you. They have like teams of judges. Like it's a whole production. Uh, anyway, it was, it was not a, I didn't do well. I didn't do well. I, um, it's funny that you bring this up because I was on a long road trip since we last saw each other. And um, on the way out, um, the moth was on like whatever NPR, NPR station yeah. we were listening to. And I'm telling a story about the moth and, but, and so did you, but mine's even more disconnected because I wasn't even there, but it cracked me up because this recording of the moth took place in Wyoming. Like they made a big deal about that. Um, but the host clearly wasn't from Wyoming, like had like a thick New York accent. I think the first person who told a story was not from Wyoming. They had flown there to perform there. And then the third person who told a story was like lived in Wyoming, but their whole story was about immigrating from a different country to Wyoming. And so I, I don't know. I just thought it was like, I was like, why are you doing the and show the there? And the person is Liz Cheney, who right, doesn't right. actually represent Wyoming. Right. But like, why are you doing the show there? Like, it doesn't seem Right. Like- well, I, I don't know, but I think those NPR ones are like, so, so they do the one that I did, which is like, mm-hmm. you literally get your name picked out of a hat. Or I don't right. know if it's a hat, yeah, yeah, yeah. some kind of container that the guy holds. Like <laughs> it's a, a space heater. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. But you get your name picked out, and then whoever wins that night gets to go to a like a quarterfinal competition. Right. And then, and then the semifinal goes to another one, and then there's another one. And I think it's the one after that that is the one that they broadcast on NPR. So it's people who have really... Uh, I mean, it's a cool show. I like it. I do feel like, first of all, I used to go year like 15 years ago here in LA and it was so 
like you just knew you'd get up because there was nobody oh, there. Like right. it was not a thing. Storytelling wasn't. And it even did, at one point I blow ended up, up hosting the show because somebody I knew who was one of the hosts wasn't going to be able to make it. And he called me and he was like, I know you've been there or whatever. I was like, sure. Now forget it. Like the no. chances of getting up are so slim, which is why I was so bummed that I wasted my opportunity. <laughs> um, but the problem and I don't even know really how to put my finger on it. The, because it's become such a thing and because it's on NPR and because people have heard so much of this kind of storytelling, I find, this is just me, my perception, I find a lot of the people telling stories sound very similar right. in the way they tell the story. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I. Right? They're like, the significance of that was not lost on me. I right. knew that hospitals were big places with some small problems and some big problems. <laughs> and I had a big problem. You know what I mean? Like, there's like a. Yeah, like a very NPR. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and it, as opposed to like somebody, there was one guy who was great who got up. And told the story about uh, what was he talking about? Oh, he was talking about having. A, I won't go through the whole thing, but there's one thing that I will repeat that he talked about that was so funny. He told the story about telling, giving a sex talk to his son who was like going into fifth grade. Like he said, everybody in the neighborhood was like, "Did you give your son the sex talk yet?" And he and he he was from I don't know what his background was, uh. But culturally, he said he came from a background that was uptight and you didn't talk right. about those things, whatever. And he was like, I'm going to break the chain. I'm going to be different. I'm going to tell my son everything he needs to know, whatever. So, so he goes, uh, and, he, and he was very, it felt very off the cuff. It didn't feel mm -hmm. like he was like reciting the words that he had mm -hmm. written down. and Merriam-Webster state. <laughs> But he said he talked. He like everybody in the neighborhood was like, "Did you did you talk to your son yet?" He's like, "Oh, he's only going into fifth grade." And they were like, "You better hurry up." So he was like, "Okay, I guess I got to talk to him about it." So he, so he, whatever. He sits down with his son. He's going to tell him about you know, and and he's like, "We always have talked about because I he has two sons, and he's like, we had always talked about penis and balls. We thought those things were so funny, and we would laugh about them and laugh and laugh and whatever." So he sits down with his son and he goes. I got to tell you about, you know, boys and girls are different. And he goes, we've talked about this before. We know that boys have penis and ball. And so the two of them are laughing about that. And it's really funny. Yeah, penis and balls, balls and penis. You have a penis and balls. You got balls. We have balls. You know, like that kind of. And he says, and then I said, but girls and women, they don't have a penis and balls. Girls and women have, and the kid, he, the way he described it was when there's the one kid in the class who knows he has the right answer and he can't contain himself. So he just like bursts out with what yeah. the right answer is. So the kid does that. So he goes, you know, girls and women don't have penis and balls. Girls and women have, and the kid goes, an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy is like, well, you know, <laughs> yes, but no, that's not, you know. 
so anyway, it was, and it went on from there, but I just thought that was so funny. Um, but point is, I went on way too long, as I always do, and that was what happened when you weren't here last week when I did the podcast. But- oh, f- I, um, well, we like to start our show with a segment we call Checking In. Sean, oh. what's going on with you? Unless that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I have, uh, I have, uh, uh, I guess another thing, which is I actually did three shows this week, which is not wanted... many for, for normal times, but the before the post, times in the before times, but in the post pandemic, that's a lot. Right. Cause how was your swarm show? Did you talk about that on the solo bolo show? I think I might have, I talked about a different show, which I was disappointed that you were not here to. Oh. Check me on. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I'll explain. I'll explain. If you knew how I was going to do it, then like you have well, the voice. No, no, in your no. Head. <laughs> because what happened was, I, I, it was a show where somebody got up and talked about. It, it was a sta- It was an open mic stand up show, hmm. and somebody got up and talked about their tragic life, like deeply oh, tragic, just like life. straight up therapy, yes. and. And but it was really intense. And then the host got on stage and was like, "All right, everybody, please give it up for Sean Conrad." <laughs> so I had to like follow this up. But anyway, I did not feel comfortable talking about what this person was really talking about. So I did this whole thing that, <laughs> that we had to pretend metaphorically that she was the wife of a sea captain and she was pacing the widow's walk in her house and watching as her husband's ship was coming in from sea and she saw that it was only two days sail away she could and slowly the masts came up over the curve of the earth on the horizon and as it got closer and closer and she got more and more excited to reunite with her husband after two years at sea he was two years gone at sea and then on the way and it hit a rock and sank and so she lost her husband watched his ship sink watched him drown so I got lost in the in the whole metaphor of that, but I didn't talk about what she really <laughs> talked about on stage because I was like, if, if I just talk about ah. it, it's sound like I'm a joke. So anyway, I was, but I did that show again, and it was much better this time. Oh, good. Because it was it was just people, you know, telling jokes, which is what comedy is often about. Uh, so that was fun, and then I did the moth show, and. Uh, I've talked about that. That was, I'm going to try to go to that again this week. Oh, cool. You have a specific story you're trying to work out? No, but I feel like it always leads to interesting Mm. stuff. And the stuff I talked about last week, (laughs) this is insane, but I started the story literally just started obviously like i said didn't get far enough into it to even get to any of the stuff i really wanted to get to and i walked away from the night going i should just write it as a book i want to mm. write this as a book do people say that doesn't sound like a correct sentence i want to write this as a book like doesn't that sound like somebody's translating it into english from another <laughs> <Right>. language <laughs> yeah how do you write how do you say that I should, I should write, write a, a book. book. Not oh, yeah. Write this as a book. Yeah. I would like to write this as a book. Um, Make it a book into a pages and pages. Th- this is a slight tangent, but in one of the sketches that Jane and I wrote together, 
many, many moons ago, oh, one of the characters said, you are crazy now. And there's something about the phrasing of that. There's no way to say it in a way that human beings say it. Like, like maybe you're crazy now, but like even the now at the end is weird. Anyway, but I was like, we have to keep it because <laughs> I'm so obsessed with the phrase, you are crazy now. Like, so, um, yeah, I will say that sometimes when something sounds wrong, I'm like, you are crazy now. <laughs> anyway, Which in that thing. context, it does kind of make sense, you know? Like, right at this moment, you are crazy. Right. I am crazy now. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was... I feel, like, I feel like putting stuff out there leads to other stuff. Mm. The problem is, and this is why I'm disappointed I didn't use my time better last week. The problem is the chances of, of getting chosen are so slim that you could end up spending your entire night there just hanging out, watching other people do creative stuff. Although I, I, I went, I actually went with a friend to this thing last week and <laughs> somebody got up to tell a story and I was like, oh, that person, like they, they just seemed off a little bit, you know, hmm. like angry and like pissed that the audience wasn't on board with them right away. And also a little all over as far as like what the story was about. Like it seemed like it was about one thing and then in the middle it switched to being about something completely unrelated to the first thing. And so I always find people like that, like I don't want to engage those people. Right. And my friend went to get more drinks at the bar and that person immediately made a beeline to me and was like, do you do other shows? Do you do other storytelling shows? Because there's other shows you should do. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so when my friend came back, I was like, don't leave me alone. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I did join the Facebook group that this person told me to join the storytelling stuff. Because I feel like, I do feel like it leads to other stuff. Like I said. Mm -hmm. So that was one. And then uh, 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 I did, oh, on Saturday for the first time in two and a half years, I did Ask Hat the show. Oh, wow. At UCB? At UCB. So I hadn't performed at UCB for, for so long. Have there been shows there? There have. They just started oh. a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And it's not called Ascat anymore. It's called Elefante. Why isn't it called Ascat? Uh, I think it is a... Trying know. to rebrand everything? I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. To say this is no longer what it was before. It is now mm. something different that doesn't have all the baggage attached to it that the other thing did. Mm. Um. It, it it was it was it was a fun show. I was glad I did it. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed the people I got to work with. Um, it wasn't until the day of the show that I started thinking about what what it all entailed in terms of like the UCB selling the theater and not being involved anymore. Right, right. Did it feel you know, different? It felt very different. Yeah, mm. it did. Um, just the show itself. Um, 
I mean, I was so used to the idea for years, that show, I mean, you know, that's a show I started doing in like 1998, 97, maybe, um, which is a few years ago. And when it started, a big selling point for the show was that it was going to be $5 forever. Like we were just going right. to for $5. Right, right, right. And, and then they would pass the bucket. Well, that was at the free show. There was also oh, a free it. show for people who couldn't afford the $5. And then at the free show, they would say, if you can just give anything, please, you know, it was very focused on making it available to people who, who wouldn't necessarily have money to buy tickets to a, a bigger deal of a show, you know? Um, and then there was all kinds of controversies about not paying the performers because mm -hmm. people wanted to get paid. And that was very upset. I mean, it was just all kinds of stuff that got in the way. But anyway, I was used to it being this very like, for years, it was $5. Then it went up a little bit. Eventually, I think by the time we stopped, 25, 20, you know, in 2020, which was 23 years later, by then it had got up to $12. Right. The but the show always started at eight o'clock. It was two, you know, 45 minute halves. It was, you know, whatever. It was what it was. Basically, it was like a two-hour experience. You went, you sat in the theater, you sat for 45 minutes, you watched the show, you sat for an intermission, then you watched the second half of the show. Now, performers are all getting paid. Everybody's getting paid. Oh, so really? Tickets are $20. The show is 45 minutes, period. Ends, you know, um, it's, there's no intermission. Uh, just There was just a very different feeling to it mm. you know? um, and I don't you know like I said I still enjoyed myself I had a good time I, I I feel like and I've talked about this in the show before like improv to me like improv is such a joke at this point because so many people who have come through improv programs have ended up writing for comedy television programs. So there's always an episode where everybody goes on a team building exercise mm. to an improv show and everybody there goes like, I have a gun, you're dead. Like they do, like it's just purposely they do the bad, bad improv, improv all the yeah. time. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it gets, and it's funny to me that it's the people who know it the best that are the ones that shit all over it. Um, but to me, it is, it is a, a special thing. Like it's, it's, it's a thing that I've been doing for more than half my life. And that is probably, I mean, this is a weird thing, weird analogy to use, but it's probably the closest thing I have to like religion of some sort where being on stage and being in that state of like, I'm just in the moment I'm listening and I'm reacting is meditative is like, right. You get in that, in sense. that flow state that we've yeah. talked about. And, yeah. and, and, and so, you're connected right. and you're present. So there's, so there's something about that to me, uh, that is, uh, that is important. And that, that was always how I, how I approached it. And, 
becomes clear when it becomes so focused on everybody going, no, I got to get paid for this. I got to get paid. Like I, I need to get money for what I'm doing, that that's just not an issue for a lot of people. Mm. Um, it's just different priorities. And, and, and what's hilarious about it to me, well, it, it's a couple of, we'll see how long the, <laughs> how long the setup lasts as far as people getting paid. Like I'll be interested to see. And it's also, it's like doing stand up at a club in a lot of the clubs when I was in New York, it's like the payment, you know, if you get like eight bucks for the show, it's like, yeah, you got paid, but like, so fucking what, you know? Right. Um, so ultimately I was glad to be back, but it did feel very different. Was it the same, like a lot of the same people? Some, some of the same people, some different people. Um, yeah. So, you know, I know they're trying to not just uh, pay people, but they're also trying to incorporate more people into the show that weren't necessarily incorporated before. Um, I think there's two sides to that story as well. Like, you know, to me, it was always you put people in the show when they're ready to be in the show. And that's a judgment call. And so there's different people making different judgments. And sometimes people's judgment of their own abilities is different from what somebody else's judgment of their own. Right. But ultimately um, it was some people that I had performed with before and some people that I hadn't. performed with before. And so that's always an interesting thing too. It's like playing pickup basketball with people. You're playing the same game. You kind of know where, Right. Where to go, but there's not the same comfort level as there is. And that was, that was something I was thinking because honestly, part of the fun of doing the ass cat show was the fact that you got to see people you knew and wanted to hang out with and stuff. And not that any of these people are not people I, I like, but, before the show, I was, I thought I was going to be late because I hadn't read the email closely enough to realize the show was now not starting until 8.30 instead of mm. 8 o'clock. So I was like, it was 7.58 and I was like, fuck, I got to get over there. And so I was like, I got to call, you know, I got to text somebody and let them know that I'm running late. And I literally did not have one person's number. For, was oh, man. Um, which is fine, which is fine. You know, but, but it just means that it's not people that I'm like, oh, I'm going to see this guy. I'm so glad I'll, I'll get to catch up with that person as, as to what's going on with them. Uh, so anyway, that was, uh, that was this week. But like I said, it was just really great to be back in that theater doing stuff. That is awesome. Um, I will do my my checking in <laughs> i uh i went on a road trip with jeff and smudgy down to where my parents live in san oh, felipe right. mexico um and so that was like a big adventure i mean just you know getting there crossing the border with a reactive dog and um it was our first time driving in mexico and anytime we had gone to visit them in the past it, we worked it out that they, 
that we were able to drive with them there and back. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like caravanning or? Like in their car. Oh, okay. Because I know caravans at the border are a problem. So. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, so there was like a lot of prep and I had, I know that my parents were very excited um, and they wanted to talk to me for like a month about what road am I going to take down there? And I was like, I'm going to Orlando. I'm going to Las Vegas. Like I'm in, I can't, I have to do those first and then One I will. trip at a time. Yeah. 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 I, um, I can't wrap my head around that, but, um, but yeah, we got there. No problem. Like the border was nothing like that. Was, like there were certain parts about the trip that I was like, well, well here we go. Well, my understanding is the border is just wide open at this point. <laughs> well, Anybody's allowed to go either way all the time. You're allowed to go or at least. Especially I, if you have fentanyl with you. Did you bring some right. fentanyl? No, I didn't. Not this time. But um, we purposely planned our trip on days that the borders are. um less busy like because my parents know the deal and um i think that your parents are coyotes correct correct no it made um a huge deal i mean driving into mexico i was like i think that was the border like it was it was nothing it was just driving i had like smudgies like vaccination documentation i was like gripping the seats like our passports and it was like Oh, we're in Mexico. Like, Bienvenido a Mexico. Dos mil. Yeah. That's 2000. That's right. Um, but I mean, it's a long drive. It was like an all day drive and it's hot. And so the border was no problem. But then when we are, I don't even know, like time and space, it's all very foggy. But before we get to the town of San Felipe, Mm -hmm. there is a military checkpoint that um, there are men with machine guns and they asked us to get out of the car with smudgy. So we had to get smudgy out of the car too. And they checked everything. I think they were checking for fentanyl and any kind of drugs. but we were fine. It was fine. Smudgy just started barking at the tail end of that. And the guard was like, Malo, Malo. <laughs> I was like, he's fine. He's doing the best he can. Um, and he yeah, doesn't we doesn't like soldiers, sir. <laughs> he doesn't like a lot of things. Um, but we we got to my parents' house. Oh, the the what I found particularly hilarious is so we left really early on a Sunday morning. So we hit zero traffic in Los Angeles. As I said, we crossed the border like a breeze. And my parents live about an hour to 45 minutes south of San Felipe. So really they live in the middle of nowhere, but you say San Felipe because it's the easiest thing to um, orient. And so we had gone through San Felipe. We just needed to do that last 45 minutes and we were at my parents' house and um, again, hadn't been in traffic the entire time. Now we are in the middle of nowhere. We're like past electricity and somehow, and, and we've been cruising this whole time, somehow exactly 
40 kilometers away from my parents' house. We're behind That's four. That's like 10 miles, correct? I have no idea. <laughs> no way to know. <laughs> um, we're behind four huge, huge trucks. I think they're hauling like cement going, I don't know, 10, 15 miles an hour. And so it was just like, this isn't, I cannot believe we are in traffic now. <laughs> so I kept joking to my parents, like, I don't think I can move here. The traffic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I and live yeah. in LA where it's wide open. Well, yes, the, the, there's the joke. Um, but, uh, and it was frustrating because, you know, you're in a car a long time and you're like, we're almost there. And it was just like, we were pulling our hair. It was such a, um, well, and I told my parents like where we were outside San Felipe. So they got excited and they were like waiting by the side of the road. And then they're like, I don't know where they are. And went back home. Um, and yeah, we, we got to my parents' house. They had secured us a little casita, one of their friend's house, which is like, which was like four houses down the beach, four houses South. Um, so Smudgy Jeff and I had our own little place, which was lovely. And um, we would walk over to their house and have breakfast in the morning and watch the sunrise. It's a miniature house. Yeah, it's a very small house. (laughs) And um, yeah, they they fed us really well. And Smudgy loved the beach. He ran and ran and ran and was so happy. And there were other dogs, like neighbors were there with dogs. And um, so that was a concern of ours. And Smudgy was like, hey pal, like and I was like, who's this dog? I don't know who you are. Yeah, like they were great. Um, my parents have a huge dog, and that was a concern because he also has emotional problems, but they got along fine and they just kept their distance like they coexisted basically emotionally Um, problematic birds of a feather exactly um so yeah it was all really nice um felt like he we did we we messed it up we were having like a lovely time everything was great and then the second to last day there my dad was like so our neighbor invited us for dinner tomorrow night. Do you want to go? And it just felt like the way that it was phrased, it was like, yes. I, I don't know. Like in hindsight, where's the catch <laughs> right in hindsight, I should have said, no, I want to spend my last night in Mexico. He has trap doors in the floor and he lets people rot in his basement. Well, it was, it's, it kind of did feel like that to me because um, we were like, sure. They love Chulu and I think they were really excited for Chulu to get to know us and and for us to get to know Chulu. He's really important to them. And so we're like, sure, yeah. Chulu and, is the neighbor. Yes. And then it like turned out like he has two dogs and one of the little dogs, Daisy, Smudgy gets along with great. But like I think it was the day of this invite. Smudgy met his second dog and hated his guts. And so I was like, "Uh oh, and then I don't know. Again, it it felt like this like snowball of like, oh, I don't think we realized what we got ourselves into that. All of the people who were on the beach um, were also invited to Chulu. It was like, I thought it was like my parents and Jeff 
and I and Chulu, but it was like, and that's not a ton more people. It was maybe like three or four more people, but they were all bringing their dogs and they all have multiple dogs. And so it, it like suddenly was a nighttime outing in a place we're not familiar with, with like nine different dogs. And, and then my mom kept being like, oh yeah, we're not bringing our dog. It's too crazy. And I was like, what? Like, uh, uh. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> this feels like maybe we shouldn't do this, but we were like in too deep. Anyway, we got there. Smudgy went for that one dog he hates whose house it was and was like, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. And I was like, we got to go. Like, we we have to go. I know my Sorry, dog. Chulu. <laughs> I know my dog and he will spend the rest of the night trying to start shit. Like, Everyone kept saying, he's going to calm down. He's going to calm down. I was like, you don't know my boy. Like He, he is not going to calm down. He is not going to calm down. And guess what? Even if he does, I'm not having a good time anymore. This is not fun for me. So we all left. And that was a bummer because Chulu was going to make dinner. And so there was nothing like... My parents are big about planning, big about planning meals. And so there was nothing really set. We had cheese and crackers. Casita has a refrigerator, but it's only this big. (laughs) Right. It's for a mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, So we played dominoes and ate cheese and crackers and and drank wine and it was fine. But it was like calling dominoes. Oh, good luck. Good luck. I don't think there's a dominoes in San Felipe. That dominoes tracker would have been like, there's four concrete trucks in (laughs) front of the delivery be there in 11 hours um but yeah it wasn't exactly the tone we wanted for last night it felt a little anxiety fueled and like i felt bad that maybe i created problems with their friend group and like like oh amber and jeff don't like chulu's food right like it was and 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 that we should have never said yes. And like, then they felt bad. Like I could tell that everyone was just kind of feeling bad, but trying not to feel bad. So um, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's in a way, that's the story of my life is feeling bad and trying not to feel bad. <laughs> I mean, isn't that everyone's? Yeah. We all go through that. Uh, it's just uh, a thing. Uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, it's very hard when you are on someone else's uh, territory to negotiate what is the right thing to do. And, and I feel like, and this is not a knock on anyone, but I feel like everybody in that situation is kind of going like, what do you want to do? do this? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it, over drinks and dominoes we all were like no one wanted to do that i don't know why we all acted i think we thought the other person did or something but also i think jeff and i were very much on like we're not from here like right is this the right thing to do tonight i agree i agree i totally agree with you it was totally your parents fault no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying like (laughs) this might be an important part of my parents' life that they want to show me. And I think it is, but there's 11 dogs. I have a crazy dog. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it went by really fast. We were there, um, Sunday through Friday and, um, yeah, it's really beautiful. 
lots of sunshine, lots of swimming. We came home uh, Friday night and it was like gray and rainy. <laughs> it was it was like coming from summer to winter. It was very strange. Yeah, that was that was well. So Saturday afternoon, Saturday night was when I went to do ASCAT at UCB or Elefante, I guess I should call it. It'll take me a while to get used to the new terminology. But um, is but is there? I have questions about that because I understand wanting to like leave behind the bad taste in people's mouth if they have that. But if you do have a show like ASCAT or like formerly known as ASCAT that has like a built-in brand and fan base, it's strange to completely leave it. Like it almost called like ASCAT 2 or something. Do you, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I think my... Because if I saw an Elefante sign, I would have no idea it had any relationship to ASCAT. Right. Yes, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's a weird thing because it is still called the UCB Theater, as far as I know. Like, that's the... That's the thing the that could change, you yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> uh, and, like, to me, Elefante, I guess, is like a reference to Harold, Harry, Harry, Belafonte, Elefante. Like, okay. Yeah, it's very... <laughs> it's an A <laughs> yeah. to C, that's for sure. <laughs> you have to do the work, right, uh, uh, to get there. But anyway, Saturday afternoon, I was teaching a class. I was literally exactly in this position teaching a class, and all of a sudden, my power went out. Because, oh, whoa. Because it trickled rain, and there was a blackout in my neighborhood. Um, and... That was frustrating, like losing power when the way we live our lives yeah, now yeah. is it's a, a big lot. deal. Yeah. yeah, because my phone was running low. My computer was running low. My lights didn't work. My nothing. So I was like, I called the power company and they were like, oh, yeah, it'll be it'll be back on by 630. I was like, great. It was not on at 630. I went off to do. Ascat, or I should say, uh, Elefante. Elefante. And uh, actually, I was thinking we could call it six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Uh, <laughs> Just call it Beetlejuice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Get it? Um, but so I got back from that, and I, you know, I did a thing and I did it, and I knew I shouldn't do it, which was. Well, I bought food to bring home and eat dinner after the show, which is fine. But I also stopped at the supermarket and I was like, you know, I kind of want some ice cream, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure if I want this kind or this kind. And ordinarily, I would just make a decision. But I was like, I'm going to live it up. I'm going to get both and then I'll have ice cream for the entire week and I can have whatever I want. And I got home and the power was still out. So I had to put the ice cream in the warm freezer and, you know, ice cream. I don't know if you know about ice cream. But it needs to be cold. Where, yeah. Yeah, it has to. Uh, so anyway, I woke up at six in the morning and all the lights in my apartment were on. I was like, oh, okay, the power's back on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but that was all. I think because of that tiny, tiny bit of 
like storm rain yeah yeah not even noticeable i feel like the but, infrastructure in la is just on the verge of total collapse at any given moment my parents said it was good that we left when we did because that little bit of rain at the border like a lot of the roads that i would have had to take to leave were flooded so we would have been stuck there that was why the concrete trucks were going was to put mm-hmm. concrete down they were the trying roads. to prevent that yeah. yeah and then you know nightmare. Uh, yeah that could have been that could have been a big problem that would have been stuck in san felipe and trying to get back to los angeles and <laughs> storms and roads washed out oh that was the other thing when we came back through the border back into the united states that was not as simple um we did have we timed it and we went on a friday on purpose so that it was the easiest it could be but it was still probably we had to wait in line for a half an hour which is not i've heard horror stories of you know hours and hours and hours um but we get up there and uh, the guy, like, you have to show your passport to, like, a robot computer. Show me and, your passport, please. <laughs> truly. And then you pull up a little while, like, a few feet later, and there's a guy. And I guess he's, like, verifying. I guess maybe it's to save time that the computer could already have your stuff pulled up and he just has to verify that it's you instead of doing that manually. But then he was saying that his something wasn't working and he had to come out and write down our license plate number manually anyway. Um, just but he because was, I am a robot does not mean <laughs> I don't like to take my time and once in a while shirk my duties. <laughs> um, but he was very chatty with us. And again, we were like, ner- like here's Smudgy's paperwork. And we were like ready to, um, it was this ongoing joke because one time I went through the border with my parents and they're like, anything to declare. And for some reason, my dad was like, yeah, we got some eggs. And there was like, stop the car, get out. Like everyone needs to be searched. <laughs> like, so we, like we spent the whole morning, Jeff and I joking being like, I've never had an egg. I don't know, like eggs. I don't know anyone who eats eggs. Like, like anyway, um, but, um, so the guy was very, very uh, chatty. No, we don't. And certainly we don't have any eggs. Right, stop the car. Get out. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and, but I'm sure it's like, that's the way they do it. At least with white people is like, he's being chatty, but he's also testing us. Like the, 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 the chattiness has an agenda. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so we're making a bag on a Friday night. You probably got a lot of plans. Huh? You guys <laughs> like to get high. Well, and we were so tired and like hot and in the car and, and stressed that he was like, so when's the last time you went across the border? And we both were like, um, it's been like 10 years. I don't. And he was like, Mexico for 10 years. And he was like, he did that. And I was like, May, we went to Lampy's wedding in May, but we didn't drive. Like we weren't lying. I just, we both were thinking like when we drove across the the board, but I was like, man, we look like such liars. (laughs) Cause May is not that long ago. Um, and he's like, that's what I was looking for, May. <laughs> um, and he went to the same school as me, Cal State Fullerton. And he kept saying stuff like, really? um, 
Yeah. Well, he kept saying things like, you know, Orange County. I wouldn't go there now. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. Like, I don't know what you don't like about it, but I'm just going to be like, like, please let us go past. <laughs> I don't want to start a fight with you. Like, what is good about it before and what is bad about it now? I, I couldn't guess. Anyway. I think this is a good place to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll have a segment. I, that I was just going to talk about why Orange County sucked. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I'm the expert. And <laughs> um, yeah, short break. And when we come back, we'll do a segment that we love to call Parting Shots. And we are back again. This is the Long Shot Podcast. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't know that at this point, but well, people uh, could just be tuning in. You know? That would be crazy. I don't know what time this show comes on <laughs> after commercial breaks. Um, we are at that part that we like to call parting shots. And I'm going to start this week with Sean. Parting uh, shots. Yes. Okay. So I have two parting shots. One is I think Amber should get in trouble for not watching the last two episodes of La Brea <laughs> and being able to catch up on that this week. Okay. I think there should be some kind of penalty for that. Um, I, it, it will be watching two episodes of La Brea. <laughs> Uh, no, we talked about this before the show. I did recap episode two last week, but we'll wait till next week to get into episode, episode three. three. I would say when you watch episode two, mm-hmm. here's what I think you should do. There's a guy who's been in it since the beginning, mm-hmm. not a major character. Uh-huh. He has curly hair and like, glasses and maybe a goatee okay and he complains a lot like his job is to complain okay and in episode two i took a guess at his name and his profession Mm. and i was not correct but i was close on the name i thought i mean not really but you know and then in episode three we find out his profession I was totally wrong on that. Oh, I thought you were saying, and I nailed it. No, no, no. Uh, But just when you when you see him in episode two, see if you can figure out his name and his profession. Okay. Um, And I'm excited for for you to watch episode three because there are so many. There are just so many mysteries going on on this show. So many things (laughs) we don't know. You know, mm-hmm. like we're just not sure why people are taking the actions that they're taking. And mm. that's true in episode two, but boy, in episode three, does that get ramped up? <laughs> oh, boy. boy, does it get ramped up in episode three? You're we're selling like, it. Why are they, so, why are they doing this? We don't know. We want to know why this guy is doing this. It's so compelling 
that he's doing this thing and we don't know why he's doing it, but we'll find out at some point, but not anytime soon. So anyway, we're going to, we're going to get into episode three next week. And, uh, hopefully I'll be able to decipher my notes. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, three and a half pages of notes. Oh boy. But the good thing, and we, we talked about this a little bit too, is uh, this show does a great job of recapping in every scene everything that happened prior to that. Um, like, I was watching episode three today, not to criticize you for not doing that, but I was thinking about it and I was like, almost every conversation if I was writing this show is stuff that I would cut out because it's stuff that the viewer has already seen. Right. It's like a thing that we saw this thing happen. And now in the next scene, it's two characters explaining what they're like, did you see what happened in that last scene? Because if you didn't, this is what it was. This guy could not find matches. He was looking everywhere for matches Carl could not find matches. He was like, has anybody seen the matches? He couldn't find them. And finally, Danny was like, the matches are over there by the mantelpiece. Mantle place, whatever it's called. <laughs> and Carl was like, oh, my God, yes, I found the matches. So that's what happened in the last scene. Now, here we are at the vegetable stand. Are you? What are you thinking about having for dinner? scene and then we go on to the next scene <laughs> and the next, the next scene, scene like so they were at the vegetable stand did you hear about what happened with steve at the vegetable stand <laughs> he was telling he was telling dave about carl and danny trying to find the matches and then they were about to buy vegetables and that's the last we heard of them <laughs> so anyway that is called a spaceship and do you know who's inside there scene oh my god we got to figure out who's inside the spaceship um, there's also a very funny moment in, in episode three, and I'm going to spoil it for you because it really made me laugh. You know, there's the character who's the girl whose name is Izzy in the show. Yes. The daughter, her name yes. is Izzy. Yes. <laughs> episode three, uh, the, the, I think it's the drug, the drug dude. My favorite guy, the guy else. who knows exactly yeah. what year like cows were invented or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I was getting my master's in tie at La Brea University. And I know that camels and cows were invented in 9,999 BC. So that's, we must be in 10,000 BC. <laughs> but, so he is talking to Izzy and you know, her, so her brother is now in 1988. We established right. that the last time, you know. Well, and she didn't, you, she is just in 10,000 10, BC this season. Right. Last season, she was in present day. Her and day. the dad were up above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or wherever. Present day. The, you know, yeah. Right, right. Uh, they do call them the sky people. Like No, the, they don't. The Klingons call the other people uh. the sky people. Yeah. But anyway. Izzy is talking to Scott and they're meeting for the first time. Uh -huh. So what this does is it gives us the potential for possible romantic relationships. Like he's like, 
I don't know if you picked it up from the context of their conversation, but my name's Scott and I love drugs. Do you like <laughs> drugs? Maybe we could party together a little bit. It's Friday night after all. We're not going through customs. So uh, he's talking to her and he's clearly fascinated by her. She's beautiful. Of course he's fascinated by her. But he's talking, he's, he's like trying to get in with her by talking about her brother. And he's like, you know, I spent time with your brother down here. But now he's in 1988, so he's not around anymore. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, it's like a school she, for preschool. I mean, it's so right, right. Fully. And, she, and she's like, she's like, um, she's like, yeah, I know. My daddy told me. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> but, but she goes, I, the, the weird thing is, I didn't know how much I would miss him. Like, you haven't been with him in a really long time. No, the brother. How much you would miss the brother. Yeah, but the brother's been gone. But I feel like it's been, like, three days. Like, I don't feel uh, like it's been... But the brother was in the the hole with the mom. It was the brother and the mom. Right, but that's what I'm saying. I feel like oh. they haven't... Even though it's been, like, oh. two years since the show's been <laughs> right. on, it's only been, it's... like, four days since oh, the whole okay. thing started. Okay. Uh, I think. I don't really know. Because they're still like living in a trash bag outside a right, but then they all change clothes every day anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Scott is trying to reassure her about her brother, and he's like, "I don't think you have to worry because he's in 1988. He might he might come back with a mullet, but he'll be he he goes he's gonna be fine." And she goes, "Is he?" And I was like, yes, she said her own name as a line. <laughs> I just like it when people say their own name as a line of dialogue, you know? Yeah. But it's also so condescending to be like, I don't know. He's going to be fine. He's in 1988. Like, <laughs> What does that even mean? Like nothing bad ever happened in 1988. Like, I don't remember that. I don't know that that's a thing that I think of when I think of 1988 is, is the mullet. I mean, that's I uh, he might come back with a hoop skit. <laughs> he could come back with a bunch of friends crammed into a phone booth together. <laughs> since he's 1988. He might come back with a ticket stub from the movie Gone with the Wind in 1988. <laughs> They're not doing a lot of good research on this show. Anyway, I just thought it was funny that you, you know, this is totally a side thing, but Penn and Teller used to have a thing where they would go see movies. And whenever the people in the movie said the name of the movie, they would stand up and applaud in the theater. I I love it. So funny. Um, So anyway, she, Izzy says Izzy as a sentence in this, in the show, which I thought was (laughs) outstanding. Uh, So parting shots. Tune in next week to find out what's happening in the uh, La Brea. Oh, I also, somebody I know posted a thing on Facebook about La Brea. Now you're bragging. <laughs> and I was like, I can't tell if you are into oh, it or not right. into it. Right. But either way, just so wink, you know, wink, we, nuts. we are... But anyway, she's another one. When we do our when we do our finale episode, we should have 
a few people on. Who have yeah, absolutely. Because I because I said in my in my I didn't post anything on her on her page. I just sent her a direct message or whatever you call it on Facebook. You slid into her DMs. Slid into her DMs, and I said, you know, I don't know if you're saying you like it or you don't like it. I think it's not good, but if you like it, that's totally valid. Everybody's <laughs> allowed to like the things they like. I don't want to yuck your yum. Yeah. And she was like, no, I think it's, I'm just blown away by like everything that happens is just something that I think, why would that happen? That doesn't make right. any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's my parting shot. Enjoy the last few weeks of American democracy because it's all coming to an end. That's a good turn. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've grown up a certain way. We thought the world was a certain way. We thought the country was a certain way. But it turns out we were wrong. We were totally wrong. And people are okay with some of the ideas that I thought were anathema to living in democracy. Lots of people that are okay with stuff uh, that is shameful, you know. Um, so, reveling democracy while it's still around, it's, it's over. Are you talking about when will it end at the next election? Yeah, is that I'm saying okay. in three weeks or whatever? Okay. The Republicans take back the House when they dissolve the. And by the way, I, I, I feel like. You know this thing about how the idiots like Marjorie Taylor Greene or whoever all call them the Democrat Party instead of the Democratic? Like, the whole time I've been alive, it's been the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. But as an insult, the Republicans Democrat. now call it the Democrat Party because... Guess because Democratic is too complimentary? Because it's, it's saying it's Democratic? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so they decided, no, 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 we're taking that word away. We're making it the Democrat Party. And I guess my response to that now is the, the Republican Party is a thing of the past. It doesn't exist anymore. It's mm. not a thing. There is no Republican Party. It is a group of people who are uh, uh, who want to paint themselves as victims at every opportunity who want to upset people who want to divide people who want to be okay with racism and anti-semitism so i think there needs to be a new a new uh, uh name for the party and i don't know what that is um but republican is just not cutting it anymore because they're not they're not about a republic at all they're about. Uh... Can't wait to hear where this sentence ends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, you know, I look at just this, the, the the senator from Tuberville from from what's he from Alabama or Tennessee, one of those shithole states down south, where he said, "Love our fans from there, not you guys." <laughs> he said. Uh, he said the Democrats are not, forget how he phrased it, but he was like, the Democrats are pro-crime. They're pro-crime because they think that the people taking stuff, the people stealing stuff are people who want reparations and they deserve it. Like it was so <laughs> racist, the thing right. he was saying. Right. 
and it was so clearly racist right. and you know nobody said anything critical of him in the republican party nobody was like whoa dude chill out you know they were just like eh, well he says what he says and that's how it is and then you know the the thing that trump came out with about the jews better get on board before it's too late or something like that like get on board what and before it's too late for what yeah uh it's it's fucking crazy to me that that shit is just being allowed to 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 fly like people can just say that stuff and the people who supposedly share their political ideals are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I agree, but I'm not saying I disagree. Um, it's gross. It, it, it makes me feel like, I, I, I don't know what it makes me feel like. I, 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 just not, it's not what I thought the world was like when I was, this whole time. You know? yeah. and now people are just fine with it. And it's like, who the fuck are you people? Who are you people listening to this show from Alabama and Tennessee? Well, I can only um, talk about my experience, but I was talking about this this week with my parents. It feels like the pandemic in particular um, kind of brought a light to the fact that on some, like you're like, yeah, we hate people in government, but like, there are grownups in charge. Like somebody knows what's going on. And I feel like the pandemic in particular kind of like shone a light of like, oh, there isn't. <laughs> like, oh no, oh no. Like, like, and it, it might be childish, but like on some level, like if something really goes down, if like things get bad, like there are good people who will make decisions that help people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's not necessarily the case. And that's terrifying. Well, right. I mean. Like the, the majority of the people in power. I know that there are good people. I'm not saying. But you know what, I, you know right, what I'm right. saying. No, no, no. And, 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 you know, today they came out. There was a, a House committee that came out with a study about what went on with the CDC and how there were people working in, you know, aides to Trump who were basically terrorizing the people at the CDC into not releasing statistics and information that would hurt Trump politically in order to help people health-wise during this pandemic. There's this guy, Michael Caputo, who, I don't know if you remember any of this, but he basically had a mental health breakdown at some point, yeah. talking about the Biden hit squads were going to take him out and all this crazy, crazy shit. And he was in charge of liaising with the CDC while this pandemic was going on. And he's a fucking just a crazy, like he's a Roger Stone associate. He used to work for Stone's uh, firm and he was really high up and really important in, in Trump's uh, administration for a brief time because he clearly couldn't handle it. Um, before that, before that, luckily, and I, I didn't see this addressed in any of the, in any of the articles that came out today. Before that, he was a pundit on CNN on a regular basis, you know, going out and and talking about how great the Trump administration was doing. And I and I used to hate him even back then um, because they had lots of those people on who ended up in the Trump administration. Pucinelli, the guy who was attorney general, who used to sell toilets and you know, all these people. But, um, but, you know, this was the week. Sorry, this is like going way too long, but. 
this is the week where we saw the the footage of Pelosi and Schumer and you know all those people in Fort McNair while the Capitol Six riot was going the Capitol riot was going on on January sixth, and that was kind of interesting too to see how people were reacting under pressure because say what you want about Nancy Pelosi but she was fucking in charge that day yeah, you know? yeah. um like a boss and and <laughs> it was again it's this thing where nothing matters anymore people can just say whatever the fuck they want and nobody cares that they're lying or whatever because in that footage you see all the republicans there too kevin mccarthy mitch mcconnell steve calise the top republicans in the senate and the house and after it was all over and they're all like, what the fuck is going on? We got to get these, where's the national guard. That was the thing is that they, mm. the national guard would not come. And that was because Trump had put people in place to make sure that the national guard would not come so that his followers had time to fuck shit up and destroy democracy. Basically. Right. Yeah. They, they got, everyone got stopped right quick the day that they turned over Roe v. Wade. So it's, well, and you know the 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 thing where they all cleared the park so he could have the appearance of, with the upside down Bible oh, right. or whatever it was, and <laughs> so <laughs> what a dipshit. But what I was going to say is, so Steve Scalise is there with Nancy Pelosi when she's on the phone trying to get the National Guard. Like, you guys need to come. Like, we need permit. We need whoever needs to give permission needs to give permission so that these people can come. Cut to a couple months later. Steve Scalise coming, Steve Scalise coming out publicly and saying, Nancy Pelosi was involved in preventing the National Guard from coming, like just fucking lying about it. Yeah, yeah. And there's no consequences, and nobody cares, and the truth is not evident because they have a whole uh, whatever. Okay, I'm done. And that's your parting shot. <laughs> that was after my parting shot. That was <laughs> my parting plus parting shot. <laughs> Uh, my party shot's going to take like a pretty sharp turn in tone. Great. <laughs> but, but right before um, we went to Mexico, I went and saw Oklahoma at the Amundsen. Uh-huh. And um, it was great. Okay. It was fantastic. I know um, it's not anyone's like favorite musical. I'm sure it's somebody's favorite musical. But like it has sort of like a hokey but this was a really cool Poor version. Poor Judd is dead. Poor, it, yeah. Um, it's pretty dark in parts. It's extremely dark. Well, and this was a very dark version of it. They, they, they sort of took out all of the hokiness. They made it like a sexy version of Oklahoma. Nice. So it was nice. set. It was set like in present day. So it's like people wearing like jeans and or. You know, like the women even are wearing jeans or jean shorts. And um, the music is mostly just like guitar. So you, you, it's stripped down so much that you realize like, oh, that is a good song. Like it's a good melody. If Anyway, um, and that poor Judd Jud is dead is the scariest <laughs> song in the world in this show but anyway I, I thought it was fantastic I came home and I was really excited about it 
And Jeff was reading the LA Times this weekend, and he said that there was a review that people were storming out of it and like throwing up. And I wish you had seen it because I'm like racking my head of like what, what would could that throw have up? Been? <laughs> like there's an a trans actress, but that feels like not enough for that. I don't know. Like people I, are very I, offended by Surrey's with fringe on top. <laughs> that w- Surrey with the fringe on top is sexy in a show. Like yes. that is saying something. Um, but yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it's fun to see theater. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was, we were like, what? I. The only thing I could think of is like someone had the flu and the reporter was like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to remember what was the famous. I feel like maybe it was. um, I can't remember. I I think it was either Reservoir Dogs or uh, Pulp Fiction, because there was there were scenes in both of those movies that were Uh very scary. Like there was the. The scene in Reservoir Dogs where he's he cuts the guy's ear off and douses him. And gets yeah, it's very graphic. Light him on fire. And then there's in Pulp Fiction, there's the one where they take Bruce Willis and Ving Rhames down into the basement and they bring out the gimp. And they're mm. like, because I had seen Reservoir Dogs before I saw Pulp Fiction, seeing them tie them to the sawhorses and they're about to rape them, I was like, and they have like a sword or something. And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen here? I know. But there was, I think it was one of those movies where people were like, barfing. Well, not barfing, but people were like leaving the theater and fa- like the, the, there was some <laughs> famous thing where somebody in, went in the men's room and fainted and like knocked <laughs> both of their front teeth out because they fell on the sink. That's the kind of press you want to hear. Right. Because they were so like freaked out by what was coming yeah. down. On no, screen. it was that, it was the movie where the train. Right. <laughs> People were jumping out the out the window of the theater yeah, to get away from the speeding train. Uh, yeah, I will say Oklahoma, not my favorite musical. Everyone says that, but I was like, I'm seeing Oklahoma. Ever and I talked to was like, Ugh. but um, this farm, was like farmer and the cowboy should be friends. Like I'm trying to think yeah. what the yeah. Uh, and of course, there's a song. There's some song that's very relevant to the name of the show, and I can't remember. Yeah, I can't put my finger on it. It's inspired by the name of the show. Uh, well, I think this is a good place to wrap things up. Yeah, uh, it is. We still have two weeks left in democracy. So okay, great. I, it, it, we've lost a week since you last talked because it was three weeks moments ago. Right, but then I remembered this doesn't come out for a couple of days. Oh, great! I just can't wait until the house committee to investigate anthony fauci figures out what's going on with that guy all right people don't know you're being sarcastic sean you have to watch out i want to know what's up (laughs) okay good night everybody have a great life what is fauci up to (laughs) have eat your vitamins and call your mother um (laughs) get a good night's sleep (laughs) okay And I and I promise to watch that horrible show so we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, smite smash that like button. 
subscribe subscribe ring the bell ring the bell review um send us messages and be kind to each other all right bye-bye you're all we have